Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cold Hard Truth Podcast. I'm Jack Smith. I'm Shrikara Jendran. And I'm Anish Gupta. Now, that was more like it. Uh, we were kind of <laughs> disappointed coming out of wildcard weekend because we didn't get that many competitive games, and we were looking forward to divisional, the divisional round, and boom, four games, four games decided by the last play on the entire game. It was a fantastic weekend. Shrikar, you're saying it might be the best weekend of playoff football you've ever seen. You guys agree with that? Like, I think it is. I think it is. 100%. It was fantastic. Say, I, I, mean, I, I haven't seen a weekend better. I haven't. I don't know. I'd have to look back. I'd really do, I'd really have to look back. I, I guess you can I, see like outside of Super Bowl weekend as well, because we've had some great Super Bowls. But I, I'd have to think about four, it. Like, like, amazing games. Yeah, I feel like every game was just jaw dropped. Like I was on the edge of my seat for every one of them. But I'm trying. I'm just trying to look back because you know we've watched a lot of football. I'm. I was in awe of, just maybe I love 2013 championship weekend. Niners, Seahawks, Pats, uh, Broncos. I love that yeah, one. That was a good one. Uh, this one might surprise you guys, but 2014 divisional, the one where the Dez caught it, uh, and then we saw Seahawks, Panthers. I. I don't know. I'm trying. To, I'm trying. Like, to think. when's the last time, if ever, you've seen consistent greatness? Yeah, all four. Yeah, I, like, and I they got progressively better. That's the thing too. It's not like. The best one came early, and the rest just couldn't live up. Like, yeah, Titans Bengals got was, better as it went on. Titans Bengals, yeah, it literally went better. Like, <laughs> it, it took a step up every time. Titans Bengals, we were like, damn, that was a good game. Like, that was crazy. The Niners Packers. I feel like while it wasn't as entertaining of a game, just because like obviously the, the low scoring fourth aspect, was playing the weather, it was like, wow, that was a fantastic football game. Like, I cannot believe the one seed just got knocked off. It was off just again. a bizarre game. Like, a yeah. very it, was, it was bizarre. Game. Yeah, you're right. It was like crazy, was bizarre. That was like the I, I would I would call the Rams Bucks game insane and the Chiefs Bills game like you you may have oh, an argument that it's the best football game of all time. You could like, argue it. Yeah, you could, yeah. Feel like it's, I would say you got to put well, it in the same century, category, actually. same category as Rams and Chiefs from a couple of years ago. Right. Does does Ravens Browns from last year go into that or not? Uh, now, I think but... it's I think it's a step down. <laughs> I think it does. I think it does. It's been. I mean, I just here's what I'll say. This is why football is the greatest sport, guys. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just it's just incredible how things I think for me, it's always been right. Like the reason why I love it so much is that every single thing matters. Like you you can literally point to specific plays in the game that just have an impact. I, I Like for me and I, I'm like a memory freak. So like I I remember stuff from like, you know, back in like 2012, certain plays that happened or like 2014. They're just so there's so much ways for things to be iconic in football that I just think it brings, you know, everybody together to talk about a specific like play that lasts like three seconds, but it could change the course of an entire season full of preparation and stuff. So I'm excited to recap some of these games. We've definitely been spoiled too, because like you, you yeah. talk about the, the Bucks Rams and, and Bill's chiefs. And then you go back two weeks to chargers Raiders. And it's like, those are three, I, I would say will probably end up being iconic games just because of like the way that they were played, everything they meant fantastic games this episode we've got a lot of stuff for you guys today we're going to break down the four divisional games and we're going to get into like i guess analyzing the two conference championship games that are coming this weekend not going to do picks quite yet we'll get into that later it's a little early in the week we're recording this on monday wanted to get the uh you know the episode out early to you guys after being a little bit late last week let's go in reverse order though because we said that each game got better let's start with the best one bill's chiefs we've talked about this for about i'd say 15 to 20 minutes before getting on the call to do the podcast the NFL needs to change the overtime rules. And I, we're probably going to end up rehashing the same conversation, yeah. but for the sake of the viewer, 
I strongly believe that the NFL needs to change the overtime rules. I would not say, I would not go as far as to say it's the reason that the Bills lost the game, but I still don't think that's justification that the rules aren't wrong. And you guys can make, have your show, share your own opinions, but I think that rules need to be changed. I definitely think it's, it's fair to think that way. And I'm not going to dive into it too much when I talk about this game, because I'm pretty indifferent. I'm leaning towards the side of, you know, keep the rules. This is just the way it's been. Um, And this is like one or two games. If you include the 2018 AFC chip out of a lot of games that have gone to overtime, it's a pretty small sample size. I don't think it's convincing enough to really implement a change, but I can understand why you'd be, you know, agitated about it. I mean, it's what it is, but, I've got to watch this game with some Buffalo Bills fans, and my God, I saw the emotions that this sport brings like firsthand by not even rooting for my team. And it was one of the best football experiences I've ever had. Um, those last two minutes, what, 25 points scored in those final two minutes? That's absurd. And then obviously Patrick Mahomes, two plays, 10 seconds, and he got down the field. I think it was like 44 yards. That is just absurd. That is something that only Mahomes can do, in my opinion. It's just one of a kind, and it just showed his greatness right there. Um, but for Kansas City fans, definitely elating. For Buffalo fans, it's very defeating. It's an all-time loss for these guys, and it hurts a lot. And it's just, you know, this is football. Um, you get those high moments, you get these low moments, and you get to see it all in one game. But I think this game definitely is going to go down as very iconic, mainly because of what Allen and Mahomes did. This was one of the greatest games I've ever seen in terms of quarterback play, just perfect throws left and right. We got to see some deep balls, some tight throws into tough spots. It was perfect. And, you know, there were no missed throws, like none. It was just a perfect game, no turnovers. It was awesome. It was awesome. And a national audience got to see two guys, you know, in their primes, just playing at their peak, at the peak of their abilities. It was just beautiful to watch. And, you know, Mahomes gets another chapter in his legacy. Allen will come back next year looking for revenge. It is going to be awesome to see how this kind of factors into the Bills this offseason and what they try to do because I think they could stand to upgrade at corner, at O-line. I want to see what direction they go in there. But, look, the Chiefs advance. The Bills, you know, a very, very long two-hour flight. Uh, but, I mean, I hope, I hope we get to see a lot more of this matchup, Allen-Mahomes, in the future. And I think we should all be grateful that we got to saw this game. Yeah, so thanks for stealing a little bit of my argument for the <laughs> overtime rules, but no, nah, nah, I'm kidding. Uh, I Yeah, so what I had said prior to when we hopped on, I just think 11, so Jack and I were talking about it, like, so there's been 163 games, right, and I believe it was 86, 67, and whatever, how many ties. So I just don't think that's a big enough percentage for the, you know, for the And that's, that by the way, the, that's 86, what well, was 86, 67, and however many ties. Yeah. The team that won the coin toss won the game. Yeah, had the 86 wins. Since yeah. th- these rules have been, that's since the, I believe it's since touchdown, since, touchdown wins it. Uh, was that the one that was, ten, yeah, that was 10 years ago. So yeah, yeah. Damn, that's a, I feel like that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So 163 have gone to overtime since then. Yeah. So, but even then, I, I still think that's not, I think enough of a sample, or sorry enough of a percentage. Cause I think that's still around like 57%, 56. So I just don't think for me, that's enough to vault a big change because, but I, I do agree with Jack, Jack and I did come up with like, or agree on a solution type of thing, or just an idea is that, you know, or maybe if you don't mind, I take it away. It's yeah. like if the person who does the coin toss before the game, right. If they elect to defer, right. So they get the, they get the ball in the second half. Then the team who receives the first half will also receive an overtime. So it goes first half, right. 
uh, second half. Uh, so first half home team, let's say they uh, receive first, first half home team, second team, second half away team, and then overtime would be the home team. I feel like that would be a potential thing, which would lead to a lot of, you know, final drive, you know, decisions, right? Rather to just tie it with, you know, like 30 seconds left or go for the win because you know the other team's going to get it back in overtime. A lot of scenarios with that. That's just a, an idea. But to recap the Bills-Chiefs game, I mean, I'm just going to talk from a Josh Allen fan perspective because, you know, since the pods come out, I've always, you know, it's been like Carson Wentz 1A, Josh 1B. I just don't talk about him as much because everyone now knows him as good. But since he's in the playoffs now, I got to, I get a chance to talk about him a lot. Just to see how far he's come is just incredible to me. Like, I think he's, this is the most perfect postseason I've ever seen a QB play. Like, at least in two games. I mean, the, like, every play they needed him to make, he made it. Like, that. that's what made me fall in love with Josh Allen. He just, he, he's a playmaker. And, like, that fourth and 13, I was, I, my friend was literally about to, like, he was like, all right, this game's about to be over. And he has a wide open Gabriel Davis. He just makes a play. The third, I think it was the fourth and six, too. There was, or fourth and three. There was, like, a fourth down before that. And he's getting pressured by two guys, runs all the way, like about maybe 12 yards back, and then sweeps forward for a first down. I mean, he's he's the epitome of a franchise guy. I And it really hurts to see him, you know, lose like this. And I think the NFL is all about narratives. And I think the Chiefs, you know, said, hey, we're still the big brother in the AFC. Like, you know, the, the this was the one hump the Bills had to overcome. I think they have, if they had, you know, beaten the Chiefs here, I think they were a lock for a Super Bowl appearance. This is just, this is the second time in a row the Chiefs have eliminated them, right? Same kind of style, just, you know, at Arrowhead. I feel like the Bills know they need to get Kansas City at home. I think that's probably what they're thinking going into next season. That's what I'm going to be thinking for the next season. I can talk about Mahomes, you know, 13 seconds. First of all, for me, I'm a very, I'm a very, you know, how do I say this? Schematically driven person, especially when I watch. I love looking at sets, formations, what happened during the play. And I was incredibly pissed off when Travis Kelsey motioned, had a little sidestep. I was like, all right, this is a seam route over the middle. This is what Andy Reid likes to do. And I'm just like, why would the corner, okay, I think it was the DB or I think it was a corner, I'm pretty sure. Why would you move outside? Why would you take the outside leverage? You can let them go out of bounds. Like you can let them take a little out. You just can't let them go up over the middle. That's what made me so mad. The fact that he shifts, like, that's not, that is not the play call, right? So the corner moved as Kelsey moved, and he took an outside cut because I'm guessing in his head he was thinking Kelsey's going to go outside. That, that really made me mad. But, you know, kudos to them because they had an extra play too, and Mahomes and Kelsey's just chemistry is unmatched. Um, but I'll, I'll pass it over to Jack. I guess that's, you know, my final touch is Chiefs, big brother here. Alan, I, I can't, you know, I, I just can't stress enough how proud I am to see, you know, how good he is. And these are the two best QBs in the AFC. No, no doubt. I, I don't even, I, you know, you can argue Herbert's more potential, but not right now. I love Herbert. I don't think he has more potential than either of those guys. I mean, and, and the reason you're right, the reason that I said the overtime rules are not the reason that the Bills lost is because they had a chance. They had, they took the lead. They had, all they had to do was not allow any points or they didn't have to allow, you know, a field goal or a touchdown. They had 13 seconds, the entire field. And we can go back and we talked about this before too, to the decision before that 13 seconds even happened, they decided to kick the ball out of the back of the end zone. Anish, I know you disagree that, you know, they, that was the right decision. And then you believe, I don't understand why they didn't squib or at the same time, trying to like pin it, like drop it in the pocket, like golf tee shot, 
drop it right there in a little square at the five yard line. And I know with the chiefs, you're always risking them, you know, taking one to the house or even further. You saw Tyree kill do that with a punt, but you're at least taking four or five seconds off the clock. If you're able to get it to an up man, they've got to get the ball, get down. You're taking a couple seconds. And I told Anish this and I'll repeat it again. I would rather them have eight seconds or so from the 35 than 13 seconds from the 20, because they've got Tyree kill. They have Travis Kelsey. Like, I how think many, that it's probably more inevitable many, the Chiefs wait, score. Jack, Jack, yeah. how many timeouts did they have? I don't know if you how remember. How many did the Chiefs have? Yeah. Did they or have – I think they had two, two, right? I think so. Yeah. So, okay. Like, that's why I was – I was, in my opinion, I was, I was more confident in the fact that giving them a start at the 25 is better than a start at the 35 with the timeouts. Because then you can throw over the middle. Right. Yeah, that that was my problem. Like you have, you have one play. If you have eight seconds on the clock, you have one play and then field goal. You don't have two. There's no chance you have two. Yeah, I know. So, and even with the 13 seconds, I guess for me, so for me, I always look at it as a play takes six seconds. Like a, a good pass play will take six seconds. So I thought they had two, right? So, I mean, like two plays from the 25 versus, you know, may like, I feel like you could still get like with eight seconds, you could still get a play and like, get a second chance for, you know, a field goal. But for me, I mean, like, you know, I'm thinking this is the best, like, you got to be thinking too, right? This is, I know it's Mahomes and I know this is, you know, the Chiefs, but this was the best defense all year statistically. It's There's no way you defense. were thinking that though, as the game went to overtime. There's no way you were thinking, you know, I, yeah, I really not, like the Buffalo Bills I mean, defense's chance in this one. There's no chance you were thinking that. I guarantee overtime, you, I was thinking not, the same thing. Whichever not in offense overtime, gets the ball but is the 13 win. seconds, the 13 seconds I was. Because you got to be thinking in your head as a defense, right? You want to be in that situation. You're just thinking to yourself, okay, two plays, that's it. We've had a season of prep just to come down to two plays. And as a defense, we're being asked to make that. It's just like, I know that's, and it's the, a I know mental that's like, mistake too. Yeah. By the like, corner. see that. And I think that's why the Bills just got dotted up on overtime. Like, that was a human, like, not humiliating, but like a morale loss because in two plays, you as a defense that had all the ranks that it did, because you obviously look at that, right? Like, you're thinking to yourself as a defense, like, look, look at our pedigree, look at what we've come into with. And for them to just do that, like, cause this is never, I've never seen this, like not in this type of time, you know, in this way, right? Like we've seen the Minneapolis miracle, but like 13 seconds to get a field goal like that, just methodically down the middle, like that, that's, that's a, how do I say this historically bad defensive look for a team that just had, you know, all the momentum going in defensively. Right. But you could also argue that it was an amazing offensive look. Of course, of course. It goes both it goes ways. Both ways. Mm-hmm. See, like, like you Mahomes, said, you said earlier, that's something only Mahomes can do. But with a scene yeah. route that wide open, yeah, half the quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. Brady's yeah. making that. Like, I feel like, yeah, schematically, the Chiefs also are just, I mean, on another level. I, like, which is why talk- you give them less time to yeah. be able to score. I, I, yeah, I feel like it goes. There's so many things that can ha- could have happened. I feel like we've covered so many different scenarios. Uh, but I do also like want to talk about one more thing too. Just like maybe in a preview, but the way Andy Reid can run spread options is just incredible. Like the motions flats with these type of receivers, like this is not just something because of the players they have. It's because of the scheme they've built. Like there's a reason why McCole Hardman, Brian Pringle or Byron. Yeah. 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 I I keep forgetting. I I had a mix up with his name a few weeks ago, but yeah, Pringle, McCole Hardman and Tyree kill Jarek McKinnon. Like these are all guys who are just, yak and fast like that is what they've 
surrounded the team with. So it's not like this is something that Andy Reid has constructed. Uh, you know, even he had this in Philly too. So it's not like this is something new. Um, but yeah, I, I think kudos to both teams. Yeah, I think a uh, couple more things to touch on because we've talked a lot about the Chiefs, talked a lot about decision making, talked about like the full game. One of the reasons I picked the Bills is like if you remember at the end of last year at, when the Bills lost to the Chiefs, the picture of Stephon Diggs standing watching them celebrate. Uh, that was one of the reasons I picked the Bills. I'm like Stephon Diggs all is, for three catches and I, seven yards. Well, no, he was not the one to do it. It was Gabriel. It was Davis. Gabe Davis. Two hundred touchdown, two hundred yards, and four touchdowns. let's talk about Gabriel Davis a little bit. He deserves his respect. Oh, of course. I'm just going to say like, okay, I don't know why, like this is again, this is a reason why the NFL is so narrative driven. Like I've, I've heard about this picture for the last like two weeks. I've heard about this. I heard about this picture for like two months after it was taken. And everyone's like, okay, the bills are coming out for blood next year. And they're like, even throughout the season, they were like, they're going to get to this point. Like that, I feel like for that, you know, that's just added pressure. And, and obviously, and first also they bracketed Stefan Diggs like a lot, yeah. which yeah. is why Gabe Davis got a lot of single covers. Like if you look at the touch, touchdown pass, Stefan got so much attention on the right. Gabe had one move that he had to make that just, and which he did to perfection. I'm not, I'm not going to take away any credit from this because this is probably the greatest playoff performance from a receiver since Larry Fitzgerald in 2008. So I can't take away any credit or anything from him, but for just for Stefan Diggs, for people who want to slander this guy, no, no. not going to tolerate it. He's still, <laughs> even when receivers, this is what people need to realize. Even when big time receivers have bad games, they still contribute in their own way. So, and he had the two point conversion, true, which was yeah. a sensational crash. That was a yeah. great catch. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. And that still put him up three, right? Like if they weren't up three, Mahomes would have won it off the field goal. Do we think uh, Stefan Diggs had that same picture again? I haven't seen it. Do you think he was nah, still nah. out there for the celebration? Nah, he's not. I was just they so went sad to the locker room. Allen's face when the game was over. I was just like, man. That's going to be shout out, shout that's, out that's to that's be your narrative. Shout out There's to Mahomes for running and, you know, yeah. shout out to Mahomes for running and eating with Allen, though. That was that was good sportsmanship there. It's just oh, my fantastic. God. You guys, yeah, don't worry. I'm, I'm always, I'm always going to root for Josh, but next year – Hey, there's a team. There's a team in Northeast Ohio that you gotta watch out for. But... I love how you didn't oh, say Ohio because then I could have said the Bengals. But uh, I think they I could be Northeast. potential Super Bowl I contenders. I think I think the Browns are probably you know Super Bowl favorites for next year. Is exactly don't what don't even don't even start. I, I'd I, go out and say they're gonna win it. I mean, no, nah, what I might join you on that. Yeah. Don't even do this. Make a ballot right now. On. Make a bet. Let's yeah, go make sure. a bet. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Uh, we took, spent a lot of time on Bills Chiefs, but I mean, I think that's going to dominate the NFL for the next year. That was one of the best games we've ever seen. This rivalry I'm, Rams just... Bucks was not that far off. Like, yeah, I, I did not think that could be topped 27 to three. The Rams were up, they started perfectly. Uh, I sent text to the chat saying, Geez, I'm glad I took the Rams. And you know, you started to kind of get that realization that like it was always in the back of your head. They're playing against Tom Brady, you, can, you can't say that quite yet. And then it started to kind of creep, and you're like, okay, the Rams just need to, you know, keep moving the ball. And then they fumbled once and then they fumbled again. And by the end of it, they had fumbled four times. The game was tied and Matt Stafford had 40 seconds to get them into field goal range. He did it. Cooper cup did it. They ended up being the third game of the week at that point to be one on the last second field goal. Even after Matt Gay had missed a short 47 yard field goal, which I still don't understand. Um, How? Like, if he, it's I, like know was, I know he was, I know he's injured, plus, but like, I get it. But how do you send no, a he was injured during pregame, but like, okay, yeah, I mean, when you ever see the suck, miss, suck up missed one too, suck up missed one too from uh, it wasn't that far, it was, I think, also a 48 yarder. But did he so, miss it short? Did he that's miss short question. though? Yeah, no, he wasn't short. That's yeah. crazy, yeah, that's true. No, but yeah. that's, I mean, 
Cooper Cup did it. Stafford Cup or Stafford to Cup to win the game. And Tom Brady, you know, came just that little bit short. Because if they had gotten the ball in overtime, you know, actually, that, I'm very glad the game didn't go to overtime because we probably would have had the exact same thing. I think either team would have scored. Um, but Brady did not do it this time. It could be his last game in a Buccaneers uniform. It could be his last game in the NFL in general. Uh, so, and I don't know. Thoughts on this game? Because it was a crazy one, too. Brady let me, let me was go this first. Close. Wait, let me go first on this one. I right, want to shut down the whole Brady retiring thing. Yeah, right okay, that's no what I was going to get For now, into. like, well, okay. I don't know where this has come from all of a sudden. It's been tackling the NFL media for the last three days. Where the hell has this been coming from? Just because he said he's uncertain, he's been saying he's uncertain since 2019. He's, so, he's media trained. You'd never give them a, a direct answer. Obviously, yeah. Even Manning said, give it a month. Like, okay, Manning was kind of obvious just because of the way it happened. But for mm-hmm. Brady, like, this dude is just coming off one of his best seasons ever. That's what I'm, this guy and they're going to be good next year. Third most passing yards in NFL history. Like I think he's at the record for most completions in season. Yep, most. Yeah, so he led the league in completions. I don't know if it was most ever. I might have been, but I think know, I heard him say that on the broadcast. Yeah. Whatever it is, like this is this guy had an amazing season, and for them, to, and he didn't even have a bad. He had a bad first half. I agree, but the second half. I mean, like I can go on and on about the injuries the Bucks had to deal with. I mean, they lost two receivers during the game. Okay, they already were missing. Uh, Godwin and AB Scotty had been dealing with the heel injury throughout his season. So it's, it's like they were decimated by like, uh, I think another guy got a concussion uh, or like the, I think it was a receiver, but like they, they had, they had gotten to a point where Cameron Brait was the slot guy. So it was bad, but I mean, to go into the game, I mean, I'm, I'm going to shout out Cooper cup. I, I had every, each and every game. I have a player that I just immensely love in all four matchups and Cooper cup, First of all, I, I hate the graphic that they did that said Odell and Cup combined for 252. It was all Cup. He had 183 of them. Um, and yes, he fumbled. First fumble of the year, I believe. Um, but the the play was just that was all him. Like, first of all, like the zero blitz, it was all him, and it was also the mistake on the defense. I'll break yeah, it down. Winfield, I mean, that's like one of the only mistakes he's made all year. Yeah, that so. It's a zero blitz. It's called a bomb blitz. That's what Todd Bowles did. And the two linebackers, David and uh, Devin White, didn't actually blitz. Like they didn't, they didn't rush with the guys at the right time. So it wasn't actually the blitz that they wanted. And since they didn't have anybody in the back end, you basically didn't blitz them properly. And you gave him enough time with no help in the back. There was so still pressure though. Like I, I, I think it's on Winfield. I mean, you're, you're supposed to play off at that point. Like you keep it in front yeah, of you. Yeah, so, so number one is, rule. I don't know if I'm a huge no, fan of the call. No, either. no, in a, no, no. So, but in a bomb blitz, the safety isn't like the safety actually isn't like, it's supposed to be man coverage down one way. So it's press up. And if it's a bomb blitz, Winfield actually eventually should have pressed up too. But since David and Levante did not, then Winfield was like, oh, shoot, okay, I got to play back too. So I think this was a, this was a mistake with the linebackers. But, but even, Sta- even then, like, if, if they still did blitz correctly, Winfield is coming too far up. He was up. still way up, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah still way, like, he bit he on – He bit. On he bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and I think – but, you know, narrative-wise too, everyone's going to talk about it, right? This is why you get go for Stafford. This is why you take a big swing on a quarterback who had never, you know, played in a home playoff game, who had never, you know, sniffed this type of attention. Uh, but he beat Tom Brady and outplayed him right at his building. And that was one of the sweetest throws, you know, when he needed it, you know, when they needed it the most Stafford came through, that's what he has been doing all year in the fourth quarter. 
you know, incredible from, you know, from LA and all the swings they did Von Miller strip Brady, right. They had a, uh, he, he just owns him honestly. Like he's, I don't know why every time Von Miller plays him, he goes crazy. Um, but this is, this is big for the Rams because now they can consistently say like they've, they've arrived. Like they, they are now the big brother in the NFC right now, right now. I think they are. Uh, we we're good to picks. Calm down, calm down. Uh, but you know, this was ever, this was what everyone was waiting for from LA, right? This was, they, I think we all kind of expected them to match up with Tampa Bay throughout just because of how the one seed looked right. So for them to win this game as they, they beat them twice, right? As I said, it's very hard to beat a good team twice and they did. Uh, so kudos to Sean McVay, uh, who's a heck of a coach and a heck of a play caller, um, who almost blew a lead, but you know, that was, I think, turnover driven. I'll yeah, let you guys. Yeah, as far as Brady retiring, I know Anish touched on it, but I don't see it happening. I think the Bucs are going to be a great team next year. The NFC South is still weak, so, I mean, they're going to take advantage. And, again, he's coming off a season where he had 5,000-plus yards, 40-plus touchdowns. He still has one year left on his deal with the Bucs. I can't see him retiring, but the Rams, no, man. He, he's done on the deal. No, nah, he has one, he has one year 50, left. right? No, Brady's not on a Brady's not a free agent. He's not a free agent. The best free agent quarterbacks are Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston this year. Didn't he sign a two-year fifty with Tampa two years ago, twenty twenty? Or am I? I think it was. He might have been extended. He might have extended it. Yeah, because I know he has one year. I think by a year, maybe before the season. He has a year and twenty-five mil left. Yeah. So okay, but as far as the Rams, I mean. It was a meltdown, and right up until Matthew Stafford just came to the rescue and saved it, also Cooper Cup. Uh, and obviously the three fumbles, we had Cooper Cup. Um, we had the snap that went by Stafford's head, which was well, – well, what was that? And then um, obviously Cam Akers lost it and Twice. about two and a half minutes left in that game. Um, second playoff win for Stafford. It's his first on the road, so kudos to Matt Stafford. He's in the NFC. Um, and for the Rams, I think – their fans could see this in, you know, in two different ways. And one, it's that they fell apart against a Bucks team that was injured, that, you know, was overwhelmed up until that point. And, you know, that had no business being that much of a live dog in the fourth quarter. Or you could look at it this way in that Los Angeles had a nightmare game, but they were able to pull through. And that's something that's actually going to make them stronger heading into the NFC Championship. So I think you can look at it two ways. Um, and we're going to find out soon which side it is because this is a tough matchup for them going up against a guy named Kyle Shanahan, who they, who they lost to six it. straight times. Stop it. Whatever. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, we'll get into it in a bit, but who knows? I mean, I, I, kudos to the Rams for getting this far, but who knows? Yeah, I, I think I would lean towards the latter half. Like, that's a, that's a nightmare game that the, the Rams survived. And I think it's not like – very indicative of the level of team they are because fumbles and like bad snaps and all that stuff are not like, I don't think they tell you a lot about a team. I think they're just not flukes because you obviously have control over them, but they're not repetitive. Like they don't seem to kind of come around as often as, you know, as multiple games. So I think it's like, you know, they survived the game with four fumbles. Imagine a game like a normal game where they're only fumbling maybe one time throughout the game. And, and I would argue that, like, I know we talked about Bill's Chiefs were just, like, two machines playing football. But I think, like, in that first half, at their peak, the Rams were the most impressive team of the weekend. 
Like, yeah, can we talk about their O line and their defensive line? How about the yeah, no, the defense has been Dude, fantastic. First, like I was so impressed. I, I was asking Shrikar about and the guys like or, that was just one play I noticed, but like when uh, on Brady's pick, when Floyd moves inside, they know that interior pressure gets to Brady. That's how you beat him, not yeah. through the sides because you can just throw quick. You have to get to him through the front, and they didn't. Jensen was hurt. Worth wasn't there. They knew they had to attack the middle, right? And I think Donald had a really, really solid game opening lanes for, you know, his other guys. And then for the Rams O-line to go in there without Whitworth, who is their leader, and to play a really – they played a really good game. I thought Nopum they played – aside Nopum from the – Nopum held up perfectly fine. Like, really good, yeah. And Rob Havenstein, probably his best game as a Ram. That was – I thought, you know, him against Shaq Barrett was incredible to see. I so, didn't hear his name at all. Yeah, the game was won by the Prentice. Yeah, that's where the game was won by the trenches. Oh, and number ten had a pretty big say in that. But. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and and the Rams secondary. I mean, outside of the, the Jalen Ramsey getting burnt or not burnt, but you know, beat they by Mike Evans on that Mike long Evans, touchdown. Yeah. Uh, the the secondary played a fantastic game. Nick Scott. Uh, they were talking about him the whole game. Special teamer, uh, pick, pass breakup on Gronk. Jalen Ramsey had his moments where he played great. Uh, Darius Williams. Gronk, had a I didn't nice hear pass breakups. Moment. The, the Rams defense was, I, I think, has been great for both the first two games of the playoffs. And when they're on, they look like they look like a Super Bowl winning team. Like they look like it was going to be so exciting. I was going to say they look like the best team in the NFL when they're playing right over these last two weeks. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks that, but I think they looked they've impressed me massively. And they've kind of I'm glad that I moved past my like preseason notions of the team that, you know, Matt Stafford probably couldn't win a playoff game. Also, I'm glad I moved past that because um, this team really improved over the, over the, over the, the last couple weeks of the year uh, and ended the playoffs. I was pretty confident. And I think that they've been paying that off pretty well. Shrikar, your Niners beat the Packers and we, we were ballsy enough to pick it. Uh, I hate you guys. <laughs> this guy switched mid mid bid because you did. I'm, Here's the no no no. It's not because said, it's not I even because that, of that because Bosa's uh-huh. Bosa's status was still unclear. So once they cleared Bosa, I would have switched. So uh-huh. it doesn't even matter. Well, I'm gonna give Jack the credit. Sorry. At least okay. he did. The record I mean, still stands. He actually had you know the right pick. Yeah, yeah. I I'm mean sorry. the record I, still stands. I, I didn't I didn't know that the Packers would be the most incompetent team I've ever met. On have special. you ever watched them in the playoffs? Have no, you watched them against the Niners? Special. Why are they so stupid on special teams in the playoffs? This is this was literally it was the whole regular season. Like they, the whole season, they were bad on special teams. Yeah, because no, you know there's a like they don't practice it enough. Like there's there's literally been reports on it. They literally don't practice enough on special teams. They always with reps during the week. They don't do it enough and cost you. I mean, you you're up. Ten, sorry, I'll let Shrikar go first. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> look. Um, before I talk about the Niners, I'm going to talk about the Packers. I feel like out of all the playoff losses we've seen from Aaron Rodgers, I feel like this is the worst one. And I feel like this is the most devastating one. Here's the thing. He has to know that this was his last best shot. And I said it during the season, his best shot at winning another ring is in Green Bay with this situation. I mean, this team was loaded. You were a number one seed for the second straight year. You had, you know, the rest of the conference, you had, the Bucks, who were injured, and you had Matt, the Rams with Matt Stafford, who had never won a playoff game until that point. This was your year. Like, I, I feel like it was clear. And obviously, this was in Lambeau, so you had home field advantage, too, in the freezing temperatures, which you are used to. This is a warm-weather California team going in there and out-physicaling the Packers in a game that they should have been physical from the start. It's like, 
Somehow they failed to breach the NFC championship game. So we can't even, can't even talk about Rogers losing in the chip. And I saw this on Twitter out of his 27 targets that he threw 21 were either to Devonte Adams or Aaron Jones. He was just locked into those two the whole game. He wasn't looking at Alan Lazard. And I mean, they didn't, they didn't, they, they didn't produce because of it. They had that one opening drive that was scripted very well. And after that, Nothing. And credit to D'Amico Ryans, too. That was a masterclass. That is one of the best defensive performances I've seen all season. I mean, what more could you want out of that? It was it was perfect. And when that defense needed to step up, it did. And they held Rodgers um, to one of his worst playoff games ever. And it's crazy because he once we doubled Adams, it felt like he was just taken out of the game. And ob- I, obviously, I wanted that from the start. But the way that D'Amico Ryans is just able to adjust in game, I'd argue is better than what Sala was doing. And I argue that it was yeah, really especially back in. Mm-hmm. I, I think Sala's whole mentality was all gas, no breaks. Mm-hmm. I talked about this with Anisha a little bit. Yeah. That doesn't work when you're going up against mobile QBs. Against any type of QB now, I'm confident that D'Amico Ryans has a game plan. And if it doesn't go according to plan, he's going to switch it on the fly and it's going to work. I'm that confident in him now. And I think he definitely deserves a head coaching job. I wouldn't be surprised if he stays with the Niners as a coordinator for another year and really, you know, because it's one and done. So it might be a little bit weird, but look, he is a hell of a coordinator. I got to give it up to him. Uh, I got to give it up to Cal Shanahan too. It was a very bizarre game. Um, Obviously that fourth and one call, I wasn't a fan of at all, but man, he has us back in the NFC championship. I, I I can't be more grateful for that guy. And uh, he, he just knows how to win. He knows for the Packers, this is going to be a very, 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 very interesting offseason. They are 40 mil over the cap. And if you look at the free agents they have, Rasul Douglas, Jair Alexander, Devondre Campbell, Robert Tunyon, Devontae Adams. I think, I think they're going to cut Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith because that's going to save them a lot of money. Randall Cobb is gone. So that's about, I'd say, like, 30 to 35 mil that they're going to save and that'll maybe put them in less of a hole, but (sighs) green Bay, I think barring an incredible draft class, they are going to be a lesser team in 2022, Um, which raises the question, does Rogers want to stick around? And he said, he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild, but you know, with what we're looking at, there is going to be a serious cap crunch. He's not going to want to be there. And I think green Bay, you know, when do you play Jordan Love? Because he's entering his third year on this rookie deal. If he's not playing now, when, when are you going to play him? Never. Like when? And also, you got to reset financially, too. So it's just so complicated. There's just a legion of questions for this Packers team and a lot for Brian Gutekunst to figure out. And I'm glad that the Niners sent this team to the pit of misery, but they are not going to be the same team next year. Yeah, so for a Niners fan... Heard a lot about the Packers in your little recap. It's um, so easy to hate the Packers. It is. Yeah. I, I mean, they just had more to talk about. I guess I'll talk about the Niners here then. Uh, I mean, honestly, out of all the games, this was the one I had the most takeaways from, which is ironic. Um, but first of all, yeah, I talked about it with Trico about D'Amico versus Sala. Sala, again, focused too much on uh, the defensive line, especially with pressure. I think D'Amico addressed better on the back end. 
I don't know how he'll be as a head coach yet. I'm not saying because he is a top five defensive coordinator. I just don't know since he's become promoted, promoted up and up really quickly. It's, it's weird to be one and done. It's just too same much. Thing, yeah, it's the same thing with Kitchens. Like Kitchens got promoted way too fast. And I just don't think he was ready for anything like that. So I just don't want that to happen to D'Amico to get blitzed by, you know, a team that's just not that good. And he can't really focus on what he's good at, which is defense. Uh, but yeah, kudos to him because they, I want to talk about one play and I'll kind of save my, you know, all the takeaways I have for maybe later, but the biggest thing was, I think the third and 11, uh, I, it was towards the end of the game. I think it was the second and last drive the Packers had. Uh, and Rodgers threw it deep to Devontae Adams. It was like a deep seam route. Hufanga was there. Yeah. The, the bracketed coverage that the Niners ran on Devontae was sensational because they ran it on him when he was on the outside and they put it on Cobb was when Devontae was on the inside because Cobb's not doing, you know, bleep offensively on the outsides. Like he's just not beating, you know, and he was, and point. he was limited. Like that's, yeah. a, there's a reason he did not get targeted. Yeah. And also, you know, for Devontae, like, see the problem with Aaron Rodgers, like the one thing I have with him is this, I feel like he wastes downs by just looking at Devontae always. Like I or knew on that play right away. Huh? Yeah. Or, I mean, well, for Aaron Jones, the reason why he was getting so many catches was because they would just throw it to him outside the numbers because, like, he would get open in the flat. Like, they, like, they, that one there. play with the busted coverage. Yeah. That, all, that also, he got like bulk of it off, I think it was like 75 yards or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. The, the reason why he got open was just outside the numbers, quick routes. But for Devontae, it's like Rogers wastes down sometimes and we get, we overlook it because it'll hit a big play the next down. But, like, for that play, you had a man coverage beater on the left side with Lazard, who was wide open. Like, they schemed that play open for Lazard to get there because it's a bracketed too, too high safety with the safety coming down on Devontae when he takes an in-cut instead of going vertically up. So there was mistakes on both ends. But I'm just saying the way that the Niners played this game was perfect, like, defensively. And the Packers' defense was honestly really good, too. To hold them to 13 points, right? And the only problem I had with the defense was the last drive. That just goes into, you know, a quick touch on Jimmy D. G. I don't – he played bad, but when you need him to make the plays, what does he do, right? And also, shout out to Debo. Shout out to Debo. The two throws to Kittle and Debo were – he just makes the throw. Like, I can't – this is why I've been saying, like, I just can't – I guess I'm just going to keep defending him because there's nothing for me to stand on and say, you know, for when you guys argue with what I'm saying about him, there's just nothing for me to look over and say, well, yeah, you're right. He did sell him here. Oh, no, but yeah, no, you're right. His defense is like failed. legitimately never let up points in the playoffs when he played like, outside of the Chiefs game. Yeah, like they've, yeah. I know. Yeah, they got mauled in the fourth. But yeah, I just, I got to give him credit where it's due to make these plays. And then obviously Debo Samuel, I could go on and on and on. He is the best weapon in football, in my opinion. You know, it's, I was telling about them, these guys, like just to see Debo and cup two guys that, you know, I just, I, I used to get memed at for like talking about them all the time. Now they're like nationally recognized superstars. That's just so crazy to me. Uh, but yeah, kudos to the Niners. I certainly didn't see it coming. Um, you know, I was shocked in a lot of ways, uh, but now this just gives me one of the most anticipated NFC matchups. I I'm so ever. excited. And it's, I feel like it's like, just you would like, just because like for me, all the narratives that I have with these two teams, it's like, I'm, Oh my God, I'm, I'm ecstatic, but yeah, Jack, why don't you recap it real quick? I mean, the, the Packers' defense played perfectly, mm-hmm. and they still lost. Like I, that is not what we expected. I, I didn't not, I did not expect the loss to come down to the Packers' offense being the reason that they lost. And it's, I guess it's half offense, half special teams. Which, if you watch the regular I mean, season, you know the Packers' special, special teams, teams not good, and you know Talano Hufanga coming in for the uh, for the for the touchdown, mm-hmm. winning it for Niner faithful. Uh, that that made me excited, but uh. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Packers defense legitimately allowed six points. 
and they lost. And that's Aaron, that's on Aaron Rodgers. And I think I've said it for a couple of years. Like I believe Aaron Rodgers to be overrated, not in the type of player he is, not in his talent, not in his production, but I would say he's had an overrated career. The fact that he has had, you know, one of the best rosters in the NFC almost every single year of his career. And he just does not, he does not have that much to show for it. And, you know, the Packers had, I don't even know how many years it's been at this point with just uninterrupted elite quarterback play. And they've made, what is it? Have they made two Super Bowls or have they won two Super Bowls? No, they've made one. Oh, wait, with Favre and Rodgers? Favre and Rodgers. Favre and Rodgers, they've had three appearances, two rings. That's it? For for 25 yeah. plus no, 30, 30. Of, with two franchise QBs. 30 years, 30 years. Because Favre, 92, I believe. So, yeah, yeah 30, 30 years. That, 30 that, years. Like, and then that's all you have to show for it. You make, the okay, play, well, you make the playoffs or you make the Super Bowl one every 10, one, like one year out of every 10 years. That's just uh, it's disappointing. I'm going some... to defend them. I'm going to defend them a little bit. Like you're going to defend on... Rodgers or the Packers? Rodgers, I, a little bit. And here's why. Like, because when I'm hearing everyone say he's a fraud and all this stuff, like here, here's my thing, right? He's never honest. Like, I think this is the first year where he's had the collectively best roster in football. Like, there's always been a you team. You don't need or the two. best roster to win. You can have, yeah. Your, your, your whole no, thing is your whole thing is no, the quarterback I know. needs to play above his roster level. That's so that that I will get that's why I was, I was getting to that. Like that I will give you, right? But like there have been games where his just his team has just not been there, right? Like the Falcons had a better roster than the Packers that year, right? That was the year he ran the table after going four and six. Like that roster was terrible. Right, even the um, right, it? but this is a generational talent we're talking about. No, no, that's why I'm saying I can't, I cannot fault, like I cannot say he's out of fault. Like th- this is why he will never and be. And it's better not even than... like they're losing in the Super Bowl. Like it's NFC yeah. Championship getting blown out by the Packers yeah, this, or by the. This is by the a guy that I can't put in my Mount Rushmore right now. Like this Super Bowl would have. And there's people but calling I, him the best quarterback of all time. You yeah, like you you, you could say most talented if you wanted, but sure. yeah, sure. I'm but not that, I'm not going to talk about the talent. I'm talking about like the that, career. Me, that's, yeah, I'm looking for I'm looking for best and greatest, and for me that's Tom. Obviously, you guys know that, but yeah, I I can't put him in my Mount Rushmore. I still got you know Brady, Manning, uh, Montana, Elway, even uh, all for sure above him. Even Unitas for me, uh, but I guess you can you can make your list however you want it, but. Yeah. Yeah, this this was a demoralizing one for him. I don't know where it goes, you know, in the offseason because they probably could they can franchise tag Devontae Adams. So yeah. like, if they don't want but then you're that. running into more cap casualties. They're yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a it's like, big franchise tag. Like that's why, like, you know, I feel like, like we, we gotta look at this a little bit deeper because we've seen teams be like more than 59 million under the cap <clears throat> Saints and you know find a way to do it every year. So I'm gonna hold on that. But yeah, for the Niners, this is huge. Like this man, this, this is a team like this, this core is still intact. Like this is a pretty young core that they have and they've got most of their cap situations under control, except Debo. Debo is going to get a historic contract, which, and they're still going to, man, that is so awesome. Deserves it. They're going to be, they're going to be basically, you know, a super bowl contending team coming into next year with a rookie quarterback, like a good one. Yeah. I can't, I can't argue against it. I can't. Watch out. Uh, no, let's move on. We, we, we got to no. get, get no. moving. We got to talk about uh, quickly okay. Bengals and Titans. We're getting to our coverage. Don't, don't cut Jimmy G like that. Right, this game, it was, it was a great one. And it ended up just getting kind of swept under the rug by the other three games after. But Bengals, Titans, a great game. Titans played a, a fantastic game on defense. Nine sacks, I think it was. Postseason record. And yet they still lost. Like they, they played exactly the way we thought they had to in order to win on defense, mostly offense, a little suspect, but they still lost and they should have won the game. I will stand by that. They deserve to lose 
because of the way that they handled it at the end of the game, because of Ryan Tannehill throwing terrible interceptions. It was crazy. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to say this. I have a play-by-play up of the final 243 left in the thir- uh, fourth quarter. Uh, this was tied 16-16. The time management in this game was – it wasn't even – it was shocking. It was, it was stunning. My, are you talking about Tennessee? Yeah. Yes. I mean, let's just, let's wait, just go wait, through Wait, let this. me – just wait. I know exactly what he's going to say. I'm going to defend Tennessee a little bit. I'm going to defend Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> but let's hear this first. Whoa. So Tennessee has the Are ball. Are you going to let throw. me do it? Because I will. No, well, I mean, we'll just hear this out, and I'm then we'll see where you that. go with it. So Tennessee has the ball at their own 16-yard line, 243 remaining. So first down, Derrick Henry runs for three yards. Vrabel lets it go down the two-minute warning. And then a pass for 16 yards. Cincinnati has an injury timeout. So it's first down, 145 left, Titans from the Titans' 35-yard line. Mm-hmm. So Henry runs for no gain. They let 40 seconds go down the clock. Then they throw short across the middle for five yards. And then they run the play clock all the way down. To 31, I believe. And then Tannehill throws the interception. What is that? Okay. What? I don't understand. Yeah, so I'll explain it. Okay, first of all, you know I'm going to defend Tannehill. And you know I'm going to defend this. The pick was his fault. I don't want to hear it. Okay, the first one was. That was a good one. The one was too. Yeah. What? No, it was not. No. The, the one to end one the game? No, no. The second one oh, was the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. No, the third one was his fault. That was that was I, just I, I also don't play. think that one was his fault. Because here, okay, here it was a tight window throw, but he threw it there. Like that was getting caught. He got Eli pushed him a little bit from the back and it got tipped up in the air. Yes, that's yeah. what happens when there's tight coverage. No, I get it, but I that was and a tight two other guys throw. around, one of them's gonna pick it off. I still like okay, first, yeah, I, I didn't like the call, but for what it was worth. Because I think they only had two receivers actually going down the field on five yards. I still thought the throw was good enough. Like I thought, like I think I think he just got pushed a little bit. I guess playoff football they don't call it. But look, the the first pick I will also say that was just that was a bad read. Like the first play, the very first play of the game. I loved the play action though. I thought because you know with Henry coming back, the Bengals were definitely going to be on their toes. Why don't you take a play action, throw it down the field, not over the middle where Jesse Bates can undercut it like that. I didn't like that one. The second one, again, I just think schematically the Bengals had the rusher come from the right. It's like a Madden play where you have like the cover three and it's like one guy comes like this. Yeah. It's kind of like what that what they did. It was just a free rusher. Like the Titans were, you know, calling screen, just a bad kind of luck. Uh, the third play, again, we can go back and forth on it. I, I think they just could have called it better. But the time management, I think t- Tennessee wanted, since it was tied, they wanted the play clock to go all the way down. You didn't want to give Burrow time, right? So with 31 seconds, if they get the first down, they're going to be in Bengals territory with, I think it was three or two times. I think they had two timeouts. So you still had two timeouts. You could have stopped the clock twice. There right? was the time management mixed with the play but, calls. Like they're running no, down I, the yeah, clock. So the and play calls riffy, but the time management but, I don't disagree with because no, here's the thing. Tennessee, yeah, they go. tried they tried to play like this weird middle ground. Yes. Like you either try to yeah, win the game or you run the clock were, out. Yeah, we talked about this on, yeah. on text. Yes, they were indecisive. And if you're running the clock out, you're not throwing contested balls in between three defenders yeah. to wet that, Nick Westbrook Akine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I will agree with you. I agree with that. But I think I think they were right in the in the mindset of trying to run down the clock completely. Like I, because that also keeps the Bengals off guard, right? Because as a defense, you're also thinking, okay, when are they going to call timeout? Are they not? Are they going to run it quick, right? So I, I, I like, I you like see that, that. How could that could also mess up an offense's groove? 
No, but so they have to be sure about it coming into the drive. I think they were just poor execution on certain parts. And, you know, we can talk about the Titans like Derrick Henry just not being him. Like, well, they committed too much to him, I think, too. I mean, yeah, this is they no, should have went to form third it game. This is the third game now where he's been disappointing in the playoffs. Third game, Chiefs. Well, it's just because they're Ravens really well, he wasn't healthy, he was not 100%. No, and I, I think they're not play calling. I think their play calling, their commitment to Derrick Henry. I know, I, I know, Tannehill threw three picks, but still, like, I, I don't know about win. the Derrick Henry being not healthy. Like, they waited a week, he got the practice and the bye. He was still playing with like screws in his foot and not metal plates. Same. Yeah, like he. Yeah, wasn't I know as... he was playing with the metal plates. That when I heard that, I was like, okay. But like even then, okay, give it more to Deontay Foreman, who was who had the fifty-four yard scamper. I mean, well, now I guess we can talk about the Bengals really quick, like quick transition. I mean, Joe Burrow, I like, you know, I I love the media attention coming to him just because you know, again, another quarterback that I love. But I just I just want people to slow down a little bit, like. Please don't, you know, overhype this man or make me think that. You I don't think they are. Him. I mean, after watching yeah. Josh Allen and Mahomes last night, I think there's a clear yeah. division. There's mm-hmm. some things that they can do that Burrow can't. But you know what he yeah. can do? He can he can overcome nine sacks and win the game. Yeah. So we've got, and this is my point, right? Burrow, my thing with him too, and also with Allen, right? Burrow is just a goddamn winner. He wins games, yep. right? Like he just does what is needed to do. That is what I love about him. He makes plays and, you know, the what. Titans defense played perfectly until the final play when Jamar Chase got that corner out. That's it. That was the one mistake and it cost them the game, which really sucks. But yeah, hats off to the Bengals. Like, you know, for them to be a rebuilding team in this position, I mean, they were probably bottom four of people's power rankings. And now they're the top four of the entire NFL. Yeah, they're, they're going to be, you know, the template. They're going to be the blueprint for mm-hmm. – GMs, ownerships, moving forward. Like you, you cannot roll in as a GM anymore in an interview and say, okay, here's my three to four year plan for how we're going to rebuild this franchise. No, you're rebuilding this team in two years. Like you have two years to get us at least to the playoffs, let alone the AFC championship game. Yeah, I will I mean, say this though, with every single pick in the early rounds, draft this man an offensive line, please. Yeah, yeah, please yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, if they had lost. I don't want Joe Burrow to be an Andrew Luck, man. I, I do not want to see that happen. Yeah, I would be, I would be pissed. But yeah, I mean, especially I think, I think the worst part was the interior. It broke down, and then the tackles yeah. were like, I mean, it's awful. Yeah. It was, it was, it was bad sometimes. I, I, I really, it looked like both of these teams did not want to win the game at certain points. The play calling, I think from both teams was really suspect. Um, it, it was, it was a weird game, but uh, the Bengals are moving on. Let's, let's quickly get into conference championship games. We're not going to pick them just because, I mean, it's Monday. There's still a lot of stuff that can come out uh, injuries and everything. We we're going to learn a lot before next Sunday or this Sunday, I guess when the games are going to be played. So, uh, on our Instagram, whenever we put up the polls for you guys to vote, we'll also let you know who we're going with. Um, I want to let each of you guys go around, you know, one thing for each team going into the conference championship game and maybe a way that you're leaning. Let's start. We just talked about the Bengals. Uh, so let's go Bengals and Chiefs. A couple things and where you're leaning. I think for the Bengals, getting pressure on Mahomes. That is the one thing I'm looking at here. If you can get pressure on Mahomes, get the ball in Burrow's hands. He found Chase in that last game against the Chiefs. I feel like he can do it again. Um, but for the Chiefs, I think my one key, feature playmakers. I think it's just feature playmakers. Um, but also, it, I, it's also a trenches thing for the Chiefs too. I know we talk about it a lot, 
but I feel like it's a trenches game on both sides because if you can get pressure on Burrow, he's not going to have time, you know, to go deep or get these shot plays. So I think those are two things that, you know, I'd look at. In terms of, like, who I'm leaning towards picking, I'm not going to actually pick, but the Chiefs at Arrowhead, oh, my God. It's just – it's so tough to bet against Mahomes when he's at Arrowhead. The only quarterback that's ever beaten him in the playoffs is Tom Brady. Can Joe Burrow do it? I definitely think he can. He has the grit. He has the attitude. I mean, he can do it. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it. That's, that's, that's what I'll say. Um, yeah, I mean, I could go again on about the trenches, but I, I think that's just a given now. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing for the Bengals to do is run the football. Like, you, I feel – no, tell, hear me what, Hear me out. The best way to beat Mahomes or a good quarterback is to keep them off the field. You have to win time of possession. That is what the Bengals should do in my that's opinion. What the, that's Nixon's what the Titans been... tried to do against the, the Bengals. And you know what beat them? The fact that Burrow can throw that corner out. The fact that Jamar Chase can take it 40-something yards from his inside his own 10 and on a little screen. sucks, but that's but, – You're not going to beat Mahomes running the ball. You're no, but see, the Chiefs, de- the Chiefs defense, I think, is vulnerable to that. Like, I – and – like, okay, here's how the Bengals beat them last time, right? It was purely – through the past game, right? Purely Jamar Chase. I just, I feel like an arrowhead, I feel like, or at least, you know, a second time with new film on them. I think the Chiefs are going to play better bracket, bracketed coverage. Right, then they also have more. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Yeah, so, but I, I just think there's going to be less one-on-one man. Like, the Chiefs know they can't win like that. Um, I still think running the fall, ball will give them a lot more opportunities. Um, and then for the Chiefs, interior pressure. I think, like, you know, that's how you're going to get to Burrow. I mean, I know it didn't work with the Titans technically, but like that, that is the way you should be doing it because what else can you do? Like, as you guys mentioned, they do have a boatload of weapons. Uh, but yeah, for the Bengals, I, I still think you, you just got to win time possession. Like, I don't care how you do it. You can talk about the trenches, but I think time possession is key. Um, as to where I'm leaning, yeah, I'm leaning Chiefs. Uh, again, very hard to beat a team twice. And the Chiefs should have won that game. There were di- different ways. I mean, I know you can talk about the refs, but also the holding call on Pringles' kickoff return. They would have been up 35 to 17. So, yeah, I'm leaning Chiefs. Uh, I, yeah, my take home, my, you know, point for the Bengals is throw the ball. So it is a little contradicting. <laughs> so maybe they can throw it and run it with ease. You know, that would give them a really good chance to win, I think. But yeah. the, the, the way that they beat them in week 17 was they just out-firepowered them. They just outscored them through the air. And that is how you get, I mean, like, you know how Mahomes beat Allen this week? He helped, like, they just out firepowered the Bills. I, I, to, I totally disagree that, you know, running the ball is the answer because most of the time running the ball leads to, you know, slower drives. It's way easier to stall out if you're running the ball, you know, or only running short. Uh, you tend to, you know, leave some sevens on the board and, you know, settle for three. I, I just think be confident. You have the weapons, air it out because that's how you beat Mahomes. Like, the more chances you can, the more chances you have to push it down the field and score, you need them. Like you, you need sevens almost every time against teams like that. I really don't think you're going to have as good of a chance to do that uh, running the ball for the bucks. I think, or, or sorry for the chiefs. I don't think it's as much like something they need to do, but I think it's more of like a negative for the Bengals. The one game that we've seen, like you said, the chiefs lose in the playoffs is to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And I think the reason, and the reason I picked the Bucs to actually win that game last year was their linebackers. I think that they had two of like the rangiest, you know, 
rangy and you know good in pass coverage Devin White's I think overrated a lot in that aspect but Levante David's one of the best you need to have linebackers who can go side to side and who can cover to beat the Chiefs and I, I just don't think I see that uh from from the Bengals Logan Wilson has Logan a Wilson's year, a stud man but right. you need two like you need two or three they need to be consistent uh Logan Wilson's had some splash plays but hasn't been the most consistent in coverage because like I mean think about it you have to be able to to guard Kelsey in, in the seam, you have to be able to stop the run, stop Jared McKinnon out of the backfield, which no one can do as of now, you know, yeah. and be able to tackle on, you know, Tyree Hill. Did, did the Chiefs the just save Jared McKinnon for the playoffs? Well, I, I, don't, so. I don't know. You got to, well, here's, I'm Jack, I'm going to disagree a little bit, not in the sense like with the linebackers. But I just think, look, from what we've seen, also the way the Chiefs lose, it's actually more on Hill. Like when Hill goes off, the Chiefs like always. That's not, I don't think that's, does. I don't think that's, Correlate. I like. I don't think that's. I think cause. it is more correlated towards Hill than it is to Kelsey. Like we've so seen. No, I'm Kelsey not saying it's all because of Kelsey. It's it's like it's drawing, a combination drawing double teams, things. I guess, and stuff. Over like you have to have linebackers that are able to take Kelsey up the seam if they need to. They have mm-hmm. to be able to tackle on Tyreek Hill running a drag and not letting him take it. Yeah, 60 that's yards for easier. A easier said than done. Yeah. That's why I just think, like I. But I like mean, that's that's how they lost in the, the play in the Super Bowl last year. I'm glad that the the Bengals at least have, you know, playmakers that are like, I like Vaughn in the box. And I think Jesse Bates is also a stud. Uh, as you guys mentioned, Logan Wilson, like B- Bates has been like last week was Bates best game of like in, in a Bengals uniform, in my opinion. So I, I just think, you know, it, it does come down to those two guys, Hill and Kelsey as regards to get it to the playmakers. But yeah, who are you leaning? Like, uh, yeah, I'm leaning the chiefs too. I mean, you, I, you know, I said it last week that the bills chiefs game was the AFC championship. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I trust me. I, I love the Bengals. Uh, I think they're a fantastic football team. But you know, right now it's the Chiefs and the Bills were rolling. Like the the Bills, they, played, man. If they do the it, the Bills played nearly all, a perfect offensive. Crazier playoff. things have happened. I mean, Joe Burrow can. If they do it, they would be beloved by the NFL. Yeah, by everyone love that. There's no yeah. way. Like I don't care who made it from the NFC. Just about everyone ex- outside of San Francisco or LA, whoever makes it, would be rooting for the Bengals. Yeah, that was naturally. Yeah, like, that uh, would let's get super, to that game. Uh, I'll start us off because I went last uh, for this one. I think for the Niners, it comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo. Like it's gonna have to come down to Jimmy Garoppolo. He has to make those plays in those moments. He had a terrible game against the Packers. Yeah, and yet they still ended up with a win. It's crazy how that ends up working out, but. It's on Jimmy Garoppolo making the plays in those moments, and the team has to withstand him not making the plays kind of in all the other moments. And then his lack of upside, his lack of ability to outfirepower the other team. Uh, the 49ers, so far playing every game with him in the playoffs, have been able to supplement that except for uh, the Super Bowl. And they came pretty close. Like, I mean, if, you, if they call the holding on Nick Bosa, if Jimmy just hits that throw to Emmanuel Sanders, the Niners did everything that you could possibly ask for to play behind him. Uh, for the Rams, I think you just have to consistently get the pressure that you've been getting. Uh, and they've done a really good job of limiting, outside of the big Mike Evans play, limiting the other team's playmakers. And I think that, you know, you key in on Debo Samuel and you've got to be able to stop the run, like at the clip that you have been recently, because I think we all regard Tampa Bay as the best run defense uh in the NFL, but the Rams have been playing like it, like recently they've, they've been fantastic. It's Aaron Donald, it's Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, uh, everyone they have on that D line and the linebackers, everyone's been stepping up. I really think it's in the Rams defense to decide this game. And, I, well, and I'm leaning, I think the Rams at this point, just because I think they've consistently just shown that they're a better team. I know it's, they have yet to beat Kyle Shanahan in six straight games, but, but I just think 
in the playoffs and the NFC championship game, the talent and, and the ability to, you know, play like an elite team is going to win out. That's totally fair. I say for the Niners, uh, establish that physical bully ball that we saw down the stretch. I think that is their key to winning this game. We saw it in the second half of that Rams game against a very, very good front that is playing out of their minds right now. If they can establish that type, you know, a physical ball with Debo, with Mitchell, you know, I think they have a great shot. They can out physical the Rams uh, because the Rams are more of a finesse team, in my opinion. Uh, on defense, they're definitely physical and they can match it. But I think on offense and really on defense too with the D line, I think you got to establish that bully ball with the Rams. I think you got to get the quick game working because if San Francisco gets pressured, those, those deep, you know, those deep shots aren't there for Stafford. Um, And with the Cowboys game, we saw them, you know, work the quick game and work that Niners defense. And we were saying maybe they should have tried that earlier and they would have had a better shot at winning that game. Um, So if the Rams can get a quick game working, I think they could be, they could be very effective against this Niners defense because our group of corners aren't that good. And it's really the pass rush that's kind of mitigating, you know, that need for a shutdown corner. So um, quick, get the quick game working for the Rams and for the Niners, you just got to be very, very, very physical in terms of who I'm leaning. I'm, I'm not picking against the Niners. I'm not, I, I can't, I, I just don't want to. Um, and like, I don't, I don't think it's even about mainly, you know, the record that Kyle Shanahan has against this Rams club, but, Look, for one, it's going to be a Niner home game. It is it it it's won't be as bad as week 18, but there's going to be a uh, very because very, of what the Rams did, but yeah, but it's going to be a very very strong contingent of Niner fans. There is a lot of Niner fans in LA. There's going to be people who travel. Um but also I just as I said, I feel like we're going to out physical them. This is a finesse team in my opinion. And I think the Niners are just going to win in a physical manner and get to the Super Bowl. I it's not biased at all. I actually I, I'm going to take the Niners, man. All right, uh, so quick keys. Uh, I think the, for the Niners, it's win on third down. That's like the biggest thing. That's what they did in the second half. Um, you just got to – that's the most important thing, uh, you know, for a football game, win on third down. Uh, for the Rams, it's win, beat the offensive line, push them back. The offensive line had an absolute domination in the second half in week 18 of the Niners' offensive line. So you got to push them back some way, shape, or form. Um, and obviously, you know, you just got to use your playmakers, Cooper cup, right. He had a great game. You didn't use them in overtime. I don't know why you threw it deep to Odell there. I didn't like the call. Uh, but yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. Just, it's such a tough matchup just because, you know, of the narratives and how close they play And the last NFC West matchup we got in the NFC championship was 2013 Niners Seahawks. So, uh, that was a classic. Hopefully we get that again. Um, I think maybe another touch on for the Niners too, is to just, Time possession, you know, I, I think that's key, especially in this type of atmosphere. Maybe you can argue for the Bengals Chiefs it's different, but for this one, again, I think because it's an indoor stadium, you know, it's, you know, free game. It's not going to be affected by the weather. In terms of who I'm leaning, I'm actually leaning the Niners right now. No, I'm he's not... jinxing it. <laughs> he's jinxing it. I mean, he's look, taking the Rams, guys. No, no, I'm, I'm taking the Niners. I just think, look, psychologically there, there is something there and for jimmy g i just think he's gonna make that play that just makes me smirk and but at the same time get mad that sean McVay is gonna be get, getting out but one of these coaches is gonna make their second super bowl and you know what if kyle shanahan wins this game i will come back the week after and i will say mm. i'll i'll put him above i'll put him above interesting okay 
It's going to be a great one. I mean, this is hopefully the conference championship game is at least half of what the divisional round was because that was a tremendous week of football. We hope you enjoyed us breaking down. We hope you enjoyed the divisional round as a whole. Got to watch some of the games, be entertained. I'm sure you were. Uh, and we'll be back next week. We'll break down the conference championship game. I don't know what the, what the plan is next week uh, for the episode. I think it's, we're going to break down those two games. Think of something else, maybe awards, Super maybe Bowl. something else. We'll think of something. No, that's the week. Two weeks after. away. Uh, two weeks yeah. away. Uh, but yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any ideas, leave them in the comment section. You know what to do with comments, Instagram, all that stuff. But thank you guys for listening. We've been the Cold Truth Podcast, and we will see you next time.